Welcome back to the Hold That Podcast podcast, everybody. As always, I am your host, Chris Branch, here along with Brody Miller. We are both of The Athletic, and we missed you. Happy Friday. Brody, how are you? I am doing well, man. It is uh, It is truly, we are in full Louisiana summer heat mode. So I just went, I went out to get a bagel, and then I am not leaving the house, hopefully, for the rest of the day. Uh, I've spent a lot of the last like week or two at like you know some of the LSU recruiting camps and whatnot, and I came out very burnt and very hot. <laughs> so, yeah, we're at this point in summer. But it's a great time to be in some air conditioning, talking ball with my buddy. You know, Brody, I have to bring uh, a little bit of what we talked about before we started recording. You were asking me, man, Chris, you, feel, you sound kind of tired. Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm tired because I woke up this morning very early and then I went and mowed my yard and it was already hot enough to where I'm, I'm exhausted. I feel like I did a workout and mm, I don't know if you that makes sound me like full. a man yeah, who's had the sun beating on you for a few hours. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, but I'm all good and it's early and a, a, a real, you know, dad move on my part to do that. So, um, speaking of dad. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad we got this in. Um, nailed it. This will this will be my last podcast for a little bit for our audience. Uh, I will, will have a baby uh, in my house, my own child, in a, less than forty eight hours, maybe. Who knows? Um, so uh, hold that. It's pod- not a good this, sign uh, that you're tired before the kids here. You know, I'm a little right, worried, but great, morale's low. Great start, right? <laughs> you know, I was but, I was joking with some some of my uh, bosses here at the Athletic about how uh, my my incoming daughter really. We planned it well to where she's getting here when no sports are going on. I mean, you know, for my main job here writing the newsletter, uh, the NBA title got wrapped up last night. I didn't miss the big game there. Um, I am going to miss the Stanley Cup final, but that's it. I'm missing no football. I'm missing no basketball. You really did time it well, yeah. Uh, by the now, time I have a baby in the summer sounds awful in its own way, but you know. Yeah, we can't exactly like walk outside with her, you know, yeah, anytime yeah. soon. Uh, because <laughs> some, so, something I learned, babies get more sunscreen for a while. The baby melted. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Hey, don't don't joke about that yet. All right, uh, sorry. <laughs> Too soon. But anyway, um, I will be out for a few weeks. Um, I'm doing an interesting like parental leave in a couple of shifts, but um, I will be out for a few weeks. Uh, I, I think Brody will be fine without me. We'll figure out something. I might pop in for our last five minute segment. Yeah, or we might just, just take a couple weeks off. I don't know. We, yeah, just we'll so listeners know. Yeah, I'll probably have. I'll probably get some like guests on. You know, in the next few weeks, maybe do like, you know, some almost like, you know, a little some replacement co-hosts a little bit. I don't know. Wow. Uh, but also, yeah, we might just also take a week off here and there and whatnot. And Chris will hop in every now and then. So we will still still have podcasts on the feed for you guys. But it's also, you know, as you all know, the the heart of the off season. So I might not exactly be a urgently getting you uh late june you know podcast coverage but you'll you'll still have something on here like i said i picked the perfect time you really did it's a it's a veteran move thank you to um, me um i'm really smart but birdie we should what? give them a, a good podcast on my way out right i was gonna say this is our last hurrah for a little bit until you're a different man you might be like coming in like in a few weeks when you're back. You might have just entirely more responsible opinions, and I want as as a father, and I just want one more of just unhinged Chris takes. That's what I'm here. Are you, for. Are you saying I'm going to rebrand into like an actual responsible adult? I don't. I, don't I just don't that. think you have control over it. That's the thing. You know, you That's don't know fair. what's going to happen. You you might suddenly like 
just spend the whole podcast talking about like as a father, um, you know, I think they need to run the ball more conservatively because you got to think about you know for the long. You got to think about the long term health of the yeah. program. I'm just saying, I'm not ruling these things out. You know, I've seen it happen once or twice. I'll so start to get careful. like grumpier about like jerseys or uh, oh, you know names on the back. Like, oh, I think we should take names off the back. It's more about the school. Yeah, you know, I, I know, I know. Ellis, she just got that five star quarterback, but I wish he wouldn't post so much on Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember when it was just about you know loving the game. Now they get paid. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, nil is going to be a sweet spot for you. Uh, oh, you are going to no. thrive. No, don't don't do that to me. Um, I promise. Sorry if I'm insulting will, any listeners. I will keep my progressive ways, uh, even in fatherhood. <laughs> Because if my daughter grows up to be a spectacular athlete, bring me the check. Bring us the money. Absolutely. That's what I'm going to say. Golf. Golf's the move, man. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Get that Uh, scholarship. All right. Uh, We're going to segue here. Uh, Really smooth. Uh, Brody, you wrote a great story this week on LSU's new quarterbacks coach, Joe Sloan. Um, everybody should go read it. It's up on the athletic right now. We'll try to include it in the show notes. Um, it's a really interesting look at this guy who seems like he's going to be a little energizer bunny behind the scene of this offense. And I I thought he has a fascinating history where he really entrenched himself as a good guy at Louisiana tech, um, has, I mean, the, the real focus is on his coaching, obviously, but his recruiting and just how hard he works. You know, he, he really rose up literally from the bottom. Um, he's going to be a head coach someday, it seems. And I, I think it's, I mean, if I'm judging by your story and what I've read elsewhere, it seems like uh, he could be a real difference maker for LSU this year and be instrumental in LSU's success. I mean, can, can you tell me more about what people are saying about him, uh, you know, inside the building? Yeah, I think, you know, and I think part of, because I didn't want to overstate the relevance of this quarterback coach, right? But I think part of what made me want to, you know, work on this with him is it's a – first off, LSU having a, f- a full-time non-coordinator quarterback coach is pretty darn, un- like, unprecedented, bizarrely. I went year by year. And, by the way, if someone catches one that I'm missing, please do tell me. But, obviously, there's been, like, years where it's, like, the analyst or a GA is really the quarterback coach. But going back through, I think even Saban, like, they never had – just a quarterback coach that isn't also like the coordinator. And mm-hmm. I, I think that was a clear point of emphasis just talking to, you know, people in the staff when he was hired. I remember that came up a lot when Jaden Daniels was hired, that they wanted a guy who was like fully committed to just developing quarterbacks and also on top of that recruiting quarterbacks. And I think it's even more fascinating this year because yeah, he's always that that role is always going to matter, of course. But this year, it just feels like that role is gonna, is kind of the center of this program because, one, there's a massive quarterback competition going on and four really good quarterbacks and trying to figure out what that's going to be. So, like, the entire LSU season is kind of, like, focused on Joe Sloan's room right now. But, two, this is just a really big few weeks and months where the biggest story probably at LSU right this summer is is – recruiting and more importantly everyone's tracking this quarterback recruiting cycle where joe sloan i mean and on top of many others right brian kelly's played a part den brock's played a part the entire recruiting staff from brian bullion down all these guys but still sloan from what i've gathered has just been like 
grinding at off the charts levels and really showing his ability as a recruiter to the fact that LSU is in such good shape with, you know, even though I don't think they're going to land him, uh, Jaden Rashad out of California who's going to decide in a week or two. Uh, they are in such good shape, which we'll get to shortly with Dante Moore, the five-star out of Michigan. And honestly, even the fact that, you know, and then Ricky Collins, the Baton Rouge four-star who's no joke at, you know, absolutely, if that's your backup plan is a really good one. And the way that even like when LSU, when Brian Kelly's staff took over, LSU just was not in it with either Arch Manning or, or Eli Holstein. And by the way, they're not going to land either, but he has done legitimate work in, in building that relationship more over the last six months, getting those guys on campus more in the last six months. And I know that sounds like, oh, who cares? He's not coming here, but that stuff kind of matters now. One, that just matters in terms of like, you still need to like make up that ground and make an effort because it's your state. But two, we live in a portal era, man. Like we live in a time where you need to build that relationship because there's a real chance Eli Holstein's in the in the portal in through two years, you know, or three years right. or whatever. So I just think he's clearly very relevant this year, which is why I went into this story. But two, I just think he's really good at that recruiting part and that coaching part, and I think he's a fascinating guy. To your question of kind of what I've gathered, I think there's just they always say there are like certain guys that you know, they are football coaches and not even in like the that's all they do way, but just the like they're coaches who are rising up. I think Aranda comes to mind, you know, just somebody who like they are masters at this, but they're not like thinking ahead to being a head coach. Like that's not how they think. And there are some guys that are just like they are thinking of the big picture at all times and they are taking on every task and they're learning. They're figuring out like, hey, when I'm recruiting quarter like corners and their safeties in ten years, what kind, what am I looking for? Like they just think about that stuff. And I've met a lot of guys around LSU in the last five years that that think like that that I could tell you about that that are analysts at the time and are going on to big things. But Joe Sloan is one of those guys. He is, and hearing Skip Holtz and Blake Baker and Teddy Veal and all these guys talk about him at La Tech, it's like. He literally just took over the academic department when it was a disaster and just built it himself. He became the recruiting coordinator when he was like a 27-year-old and just like built up a really great recruiting pipeline to a school that is not a recruiting hotbed. And, you know, and then he, he basically taught like learn how to call plays and just he's learned how to oversee every part of this you know school. So, yes, he's just LSU's quarterbacks coach, but he's a guy to watch because I think he's a really sharp guy who sees the big picture, if, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And, and a couple of things I want to pull out of there is, one, the focus on how LSU hasn't had this solo quarterbacks coach is fascinating to me because – and I don't think yeah. it's been on purpose, you know, because it's mostly I'm been like – I'm not 100% sure it matters, but yeah, like continue. Well, like let's – I don't let's, know. Yeah. Uh, I am – as a fan, I am taking this thread where – you know, the offensive coordinator has largely been the quarterback's coach or it's fallen to somebody else is like yeah. sharing duties. And I know that hasn't directly coincided with like bad quarterback play, but mm-hmm. I I would think as as a, in recruiting, if, if I'm a, a talented 17, 18 year old kid and I want to go and develop somewhere and I have a specific quarterback's coach and not somebody who has 17 other responsibilities, uh, that's that's more attractive to me. So I'm encouraged about that. Uh, the part of your story that I was really encouraged about is that, yes, he, he recruited very well at Louisiana Tech for what Louisiana Tech is. And he's also, he already knows all the coaches. Like the fact that he was recruiting Baton Rouge and recruiting yeah. Louisiana 
is just it's huge to me and i know it's it's at a different level when you're talking about lsu versus um louisiana tech but just the fact that he could walk in a high school locker room and know the entire coaching staff already um it's just it just seems like a big deal to me in a, in a day where you know schools like alabama and even maybe texas or whoever georgia are coming in to louisiana and taking guys i think that's a really important thing with a brand new staff with a with a coach that is most certainly not hashtag from here um, <laughs> and, and needs his from here bona fides uh, bolstered a little bit I, I i just think it's really exciting and really fascinating and um you know the the flip side of this is that we can talk all we want and you can have everybody tell you how great he is uh he's gonna have a chance to prove it very quickly you know with these the two the two quarterbacks you mentioned the five star from michigan um it seems like lsu's really in on him dante moore i don't really know a lot about him um but seems like everybody loves him uh i'm pleased about that and um i don't know he's gonna turn on cookie and, and you're so right about uh you know, guys like Manning and Holstein. It's it, being a recruiter is so much about just a relationship these days, and the fact that he has made up a lot of time that, for whatever reason, with a previous staff and the transition, just got lost. Especially with Manning. I mean, I Brody, your mentions are probably filled more than anything with people wondering why aren't we in on Arch Manning? I mean, he's down the road. He's in New Orleans. He's right there. Like he watched Joe Burrow win a national championship at LSU. Different coaches, but and I feel like the, and just the like I think a lot of people were like LSU's not going for him and like under the it's like no that's not true they just weren't really in it like it's not like LSU was ignoring Arch Manning they just didn't really have a chance like he wasn't going to get sent to Ogeron and all that yeah continue no I I, I just think and like <laughs> I mean from the outside a I I almost feel bad for Arch Manning because the expectations on him are going to be unwinnable. He, he will never be able to live up to this hype unless he is Joe Burrow or anything. And if he doesn't live up immediately, it's going to be a disaster for him mentally. I, I, every time I see a headline about him, I know that he, this kid has lived a super privileged life. He has never had like an an actual, like worry about like, (laughs) you know, uh, money, shelter, food, whatever. But it's gotta be hard to be, you know, to have the name Arch Manning, to be in New Orleans, to have your pick of schools, and to be expected to probably be awesome from day one. Anyway, that that, no, that that's an aside. I think that's a really good point because, like, to your point, yeah, I don't think Arch Manning has had a hard life, but that is hard. Like, that is adding some, I don't know what they'll call it, like callousing and just like some, I don't know, toughness and life skill. Like these last three years for Arch Manning have been the kind of coverage that, like. NBA players get, you know, like the biggest, mm-hmm. and he is going to go into college. And yeah, by the way, sometimes these things backfire bad, and that kid ends up having like major issues, and then you can't trust him in college. That happens. But all things considered, Arch Manning is very far from that. That dude is a grown up in a lot of ways, but still like a kid in the right ways. And and I, and I think he's going into college, at least as of now, as somebody who. I don't know, like has life experience, has like yeah. challenging experiences because he's been dealing with this. And and I think the Mannings have done a really, really solid job of like limiting that exposure and letting him be a kid. But still, like he's handled this all really well. So I am fascinated because, again, I hope this doesn't get taken out of context. But in terms of the way 
America has known him since he was 15 and the way that he has been number one player in the country for years and the way like because listen we all follow recruiting well we all follow clownies recruitment and all these things well yes those happen often but that what arches is not common like that mm-hmm. level of like years out hype chosen one stuff that never happens so it's almost LeBron-y, you know, the way like yeah. he's going into NBA or Bryce Harper-y, the way it's he's going into, you know, uh, college fo- football next year. So he's going to have a lot on him. And what's been wild is just, yeah, watching that he seems to have it all figured out. And, and man, I am the first one to say, like, I, I promise you I will never, like, actually make declarative decisions on seven-on-seven football. But still, I, I went into that being like, okay – it's my first time really watching him at length in person uh, last Friday at LSU's camp. And I'm like, all right, I want to see. Like, is he is he just number one because of the name? Is he really just, like, a pretty good player? And it was just like, oh, crap. This guy is just sharp. Like, he just has it. And he filled out big time. His arms look massive. Like, he looks like a 6'4", 215 college quarterback already, and which is – those are his measurements right now. And And he was just, like – dicing people up but not like the oh cool you beat some random louisiana high school kids but just like a drop back boom know exactly where to go like everything just felt i don't know i was blown away and i know he's probably not gonna end up at lsu so you're probably listeners probably like i don't care i want to hear this but it was really cool just to watch and be like oh you can tell like that dude feels a little different and you know so and on the other hand you know ricky collins was also there and we can go into that if you feel like it but LSU is in a really good position when it comes to quarterback recruiting. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I, we got on this tangent because I, I was talking about the relationships that Sloan is building very quickly <laughs> with all these quarterback recruits, which yes. is huge because, you know, I was about to say, you never know, these guys might transfer. And then I thought in my mind, I mean, Arch Manning is not going to transfer. Arch like, is not, but the rest, yeah. But you never know, man. I mean, what what if Arch, I mean, it's crazy these days to think about, uh, you know, how different it could be. But that's, that's what I was thinking about, you know, if Arch somehow fails one year and then all of a sudden an entire fan base turns on him, you know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. All I'm saying is that I am really happy at the perceived, the perception that Sloan is really building these relationships for down the road. I mean, because that's what you have to do. You have to maintain these relationships. It's not a, it's not a, okay, we lost them and uh, screw you. I hate you. It's uh, call me later. That night when you know you're you're sad about your current spot, <laughs> and honestly, just to spin it's even more optimism. Like, yeah, it might not all pay off in the 2023 class, but the thing you could also take is the impact that is very quickly happening. That like, hey, if he's getting in these battles, and by the way, I want to be the first to say, like Dante Moore, for example, like that goes back to Kelly and Poli and Notre Dame too. They were in on him at Notre Dame. Like, I do not want to paint this as just Joe Sloan, but still, like you talk to people around the program, it's clear like he is, he has made an impact in a lot of quarterback recruiting battles in just months. So then you wonder what it's going to look like in, say, the 2024 quarterback class, the 25 LSU. Even just yesterday's, uh, Thursday's LSU elite camp I was at, and today is another one as well. Like, he was getting, he had Zach Wilson's little brother there from, you know, across the country. He had this uh, fantastic California kid, I believe it was Colin Hurley. Like, he has guys where it's just like, I wonder if he's making this impact so soon, what his future quarterback classes are going to be like if he's here. So I do, I know I'm like seeming like I'm way too high on some 35 year old quarterback coach, but I'm just really fascinated by Sloan because one, he seems sharp. Two, he seems like a good recruiter. And three, he just seems like a guy who is kind of destined for kind of bigger things. 
Here's a hypothetical for, for you that just came to my mind that I didn't let you prepare for. If LSU gets Dante Moore in here, when is the last time LSU had two five-star quarterback recruits on the roster? Oh, God. I mean... I feel, it feels like never, right? So what year did Paralu get on campus? Uh, that would have been 2000. So yes. in theory, would him and Jamarcus been on campus at the same time for a tiny bit? Was Jamarcus a five-star? Let me pull it up. Jamarcus Russell. It, it, it just feels like it never happened. No, he was more of a high four. Good call. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I just genuinely would assume in the modern recruiting era, never. Like, I feel confident about that. And to go even further, man, like, and again, these are all hypotheticals. We'll talk about it more if it actually happens more about more. Huh? Uh, but, like, LSU landing, cause, and just to paint the picture so we're not – Yes, LSU has done a great job, and they're in it with Jaden Rashada from California. Now, they're depending on what site you use, top 100 or a five-star guy. Seems like right now they're not going to land him, but they did, they're really in the mix on him. And then Dante Moore from Michigan, five-star. Uh, always seemed like a Notre Dame guy for a very long time. And then, I think NIL played a part, things like that, but it seems like the long as time has gone on and the more visits he's taken, Notre Dame does not seem like they're going to get him. And I know we got some mailbag questions that touched on this too, but once, and I wrote this, I believe, last Friday, but once Notre Dame landed C.J. Carr in the 2024 class, the five-star, uh, mm-hmm. you know, last Friday, then it seemed even more clear, at least of those in LSU's building and people around Moore, that like Moore is not going to go there with Carr coming the next year, blah, blah, blah. So and right and then he went to visit A and M last weekend and I know that had LSU people very kind of worried for lack of a better word just in terms of like man what what can get pulled off on that visit blah 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 and I think going into right now and there's a lot of summer left still no decision date blah all that but it seems like right now it's LSU and Oregon and there's some people I know who think like it's LSU right now long way to go the fact there's no decision date is always going to be scary and I don't think you can just rush away A&M because they, they can make an impact. But LSU does seem like they are in really good position with Dante Moore, to our point. So, yeah, I, I just to give that background. But, yeah, to your thing, LSU landing an out-of-state five-star? Right. That's – I mean, I don't – I am probably so wrong, but I would assume that has never happened. Cause we're, and there's some something also kind of comical, right, about like the one year there's two five-stars in Louisiana and like three top 150 quarterbacks in Louisiana. <laughs> like it's the bet like Louisiana that never develops quarterbacks suddenly has all these guys that LSU is going to get none of them but do something else they've never done. That would be, and this is all very early, but that would be just all-time comical to see that happen. Yeah. All right. We have to, A, I want to segue there, but I have to issue – a slight correction, mea culpa here. Ooh. Uh, how familiar are you with Russell Shepard, Brody? Oh, yeah. But he was, yes, I remember he he was like coming out, like ESPN had him as a quarterback, right? But it was like. He was a quarterback it, in high school. He wasn't started, always kind of understood he was more of an athlete? No, it was not. Uh, okay. I mean, okay. y- yes and no. I'm genuinely deferring to you. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can tell you, I, I covered a couple of practices right when he got on campus. And he he was taking reps at quarterback. And Fair. it was it was not impressive. I, I'll tell you, like I, <laughs> this is this is such a time capsule, but it, it's so funny. I remember going to the first practice and everybody everybody's buzzing about this guy. Russell oh, and Shepard's from Houston. Okay, good call. He is the number one, he is the number one overall recruit according to ESPN. He's at least a top five by everywhere. He was an insane athlete. 
it was like the biggest uh, commitment LSU had gotten in a while. Um, and they, they let us in the practice, which is funny looking back, and let us watch the quarterbacks throw. And Shepard is throwing ducks. It's it's just like <laughs> maybe he's rusty, but I was like, man, either I'm like this you know young reporter who's kind of being an asshole who's expecting better, <laughs> and then uh, this this quarterback that we also had in the same class, Chris Garrett, uh, ended up going to transfer into Northwestern, I think. Um, it, he just fit the profile. He's this, this big, big dude, and he threw a beautiful ball. I was like, man, this guy's going to win us a national championship. Um, it didn't work out. And then Russell Shepard ended up being a very valuable running back slash wide receiver um, for LSU. But I guess you can say that that was a five-star quarterback, even though I yeah, think he, I, I mean, I you think are right. right. And he I'm seeing on 24-7. Yeah. Yeah, I think athlete. I'm seeing on 24-7 even a reference to like he chose LSU because he believed it was the best spot for him to continue playing quarterback. Now, now as somebody cynical who's been in this too long, I wonder if like LSU told him he'd play quarterback, but deep down always knew he wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? One mm-hmm. of those situations. Yeah. But yeah, you're I think this qualifies. So I think you're right. This that is the other five star out of state guy. Absolutely. Shout out to Russell Shepard. I'll never forget. It was it was such a bummer because he never got on the field mu- much. He wasn't great. Um, Fifty two passes sudden, caught his whole career. Yeah. Well, and, and all of a sudden he decided to become like a. Um, I don't know. It, it wasn't even really like a true wide receiver. It's crazy how he turned into a receiver in the NFL, like a very successful wide receiver in the NFL. Um, and he was more like a guy that you would like motion and hand off into in the backfield. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, he's really fast and slippery and he was gone. So, um, anyway, shout out to Russell Shepard, uh, for that tangent. I want to get back to, uh, one of your mailbag questions though, which kind of falls in line with this new level of LSU recruiting or different level. Because like you said, this Dante Moore kid that everybody feels good about, he's from Michigan. Even if LSU doesn't get him, the fact that LSU is in the final two for this kid, and that people are feeling this good this late um, is a big change. And, you know, you had a question from, um, let, let me find his name. Oh, this is great audio. Walter. <laughs> Walter says, is it my imagination or does it appear that L- that Kelly, Brian Kelly, is recruiting on a national scale while ignoring the Louisiana kids, thus allowing A&M and Alabama to cherry pick because of this attention? I I think that the first part of his question is correct. I think it's it's easy to say that Brian Kelly is recruiting more on a national level than uh, previous staffs, and that is because that's where his connections are. That's where his staff's connections are. I mean, we're still in year one of this thing, year zero almost right now, where yeah. you know he hasn't had all the time in the world to go spend at every little you know uh, high school in Louisiana, and that's fine. And also, LSU is a national program. He's already made headway with a lot of recruits. Uh, I think it makes sense. I do feel like it's a little unfair to say they're ignoring Louisiana kids, but yes, you, you're you're a little more plugged in than me on the recruiting front, so uh, prove him wrong. Well, I was gonna say credit to Walter because he even like used quote unquote he used quotes around the word appear that it appears that they're like focusing more on that because yeah I think that's just one of those things like that almost you and I fight about all the time that it's like just because something isn't getting covered the same people think it's like LSU is ignoring it when yes it is accurate that LSU and and yes. Ogeron recruited nationally to California. He started going all around the DMV area and up north. Like he re- he started recruiting nationally more too. But yeah, I mean Kelly has 
a lot of experience recruiting nationally and a lot of his staff too is coming from other jobs where they were hey Mike Dembrock was always in the Midwest and uh, Robert Steeples has all these ties in that like Missouri Kansas City area and Jamar Kane and and Jamar Kane's a great example actually Jamar Kane is you could argue one of LSU's top recruiters, period. And he spent his most last few years recruiting at a massive level, by the way, like an elite level at Oklahoma. He gets a lot of credit mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff there. And Oklahoma is a job that more than I think a lot of people understand, you are recruiting nationally. Like you don't have like Oklahoma. Yes, you have Texas and you recruit Texas well, but we all know Texas is hard. You you don't have Oklahoma kids that just pluck. So you're recruiting broadly and nationally. So I think Jamar Kane, and he explained this really well in the Jordy Colada show and kind of confirmed what I thought here. But, you know, yeah, like he he had all these national relationships. So then like when the 2023, when he goes to LSU and it's time to recruit this class, one, it's not an elite D-line year here. Let's start there. But two... Yeah, it's just like these are the relationships that he was in really good shape with. So you're just going to keep pursuing them. And you're at a bigger school now anyway or in, in a recruiting sense than Oklahoma. So, yeah, like it just makes sense. And, and I think – and then with the Sloan thing, it's – I mean, shoot, you have to land a top quarterback and you're not getting Arch and Holstein. So you got to go national. But to the actual question – the idea that LSU is like not focusing as much on local because they're also going national, I think that is like overly simplistic. And this is not toward Walter, but yeah, just like overly simplistic and kind of like ignoring that there's a lot more than they do on a day to day basis than we have any idea. They are recruiting these Louisiana kids very hard, even down to the point that we were talking about. They know they're not getting arch and they're still invested in it. You know, Shelton Sampson is a priority, you know, at the five star receiver at a Catholic high. Derek mm-hmm. Williams. Uh, but the thing that's, that you have to remember is any guys they don't get, yeah, of course you can criticize them for that. Oh my God, yeah. Like if they, this is a year where, okay, let's think of the top 10 Louisiana kids. There's 10 guys in the top 150. Uh, a lot of them, yeah, they, there's a real chance they miss on four or five, which would be a really, really bad look, by the way. But it's like Tackett Curtis, for example. He, By the time Kelly was hired, he was already a heavy Louis, Ohio State lean. So it's like, do I – and this is not me defending the Kelly regime or like – but it's like, do you hold that that hard against him? Or Jaden Osbury, well – his brother already went to Auburn based on, you know, things with the old staff. And then, and mm-hmm. by the way, I think LSU was 100% in good shape with Osbury. Like they are going to be in the thick of that all the way through. I don't think they're out, but say hypothetically, he did go to Auburn or Notre Dame or something like, I don't know. That's a tough situation. Or, uh, Lance, Zalance, Lance Hurd, you know, the, the top 100 tackle out of Monroe. Like again, they were kind of coming from behind on that. And I think they put themselves as a front runner there now, but they are recruiting the state really hard. They're focusing on it. I mean, they they literally have gone out out of their way to hire guys like Sloan, Frank Wilson, kept Brad Davis on, signed a mm. bunch of major Louisiana like recruiting specialist types. They are focusing on that. I just think it's like a little context is necessary that Holstein was already going to be along. A and by the way, there's a lot of background with Holstein that we don't have to get into. Whether like he was, there's a good chance he was never going to go to the school with Walker Howard, you know. And and okay. Arch is self-explanatory. So yeah, I think if LSU misses on five, like five of those ten, oh god, yeah, we need to have that talk. We need to have that conversation about them in Louisiana. But I do not think they are not focusing on it. That is, I think, where most of their focus is. Well, that is great to hear to this LSU fan. Um, <laughs> and by the way, just for an example, uh, Jordan Matthews, the the uh, number one thirty, number one hundred thirty nine player in the country, Baton Rouge out of Woodlawn, 
he didn't even like the the old staff. I don't think really thought that highly of him, um, and I believe he didn't even get his LSU offer until last week. And LSU is suddenly pushing really hard on him, and I've got and he looked really good by the way at that seven on seven camp. He looks like a really good player. I think LSU can push and totally get Jordan Matthews if they if they handle it right, and they're just playing catch up on him. So you know what I mean? Like that's a good yeah. example of the context of like some of these recruitments aren't exactly as simple as we paint them to be here. Or Ricky Collins is a very big part of this quarterback class. Uh, where like we can't ignore that. Like yes, but Dante Moore is the exciting person. But Ricky Collins is a four star from Baton Rouge who is kind of, and I think I'm going to have a story on him in the next week or two, but he's kind of the big domino of this quarterback cycle because everybody's focused on Rashada and Moore right now. And then the second that it's not Rashad, like because like, there's six of those schools, right? Only right. two of them are going to get those guys. And I and I think Collins, and there's another kid who's committed to Baylor, but there's like Collins is going to be that next domino where everyone then goes really hard for him, possibly LSU included. He's going to become a huge deal. And very few people think he actually ends up at Purdue. He'll probably end up at one of these big SEC schools, maybe LSU. So, and I was point being LSU is in good shape with Ricky Collins. They've recruited him well. Tyree Adams, the four star from St. Aug, you know, I think they're in good shape with him. They already have Trey Holly, the running back from, uh, from Farmerville, you know, the four star mm-hmm. commit. So anyway, I'm rambling here, but it's a good I ramble. Think, <laughs> I, I think they are in they are recruiting Louisiana well. I think they're just playing catch up on some of them. Well, I, I like to think that they're playing catch up well. I mean, we'll see when this all shakes out and um Yeah. Uh anything else you want to add on recruiting, Brody? I think we have uh, exhausted our summer recruiting. Budget. Yeah, shoot, this is uh this is an all time level of recruiting talk for me. So I don't know. I think I've overextended myself. <laughs> it's okay. Are are you turning into a, a recruiting guy in front of my eyes? But <laughs> Hey man, this was a crazy month for LSU recruiting in June. I, I it was I I will admit to you guys that I had never in my five springs covering LSU uh gone to like the LSU camps in June until this year and I went to two of them this this month the last week and i'm like hey these are actually really informative and helpful i should go to these more so yeah well maybe you should brody well uh thank you for that i i don't know if we have a lot more brody it is the summer um yeah is is there anything any LSU Ooh, things that you're looking forward to uh in the next month i have or so? a question for you actually oh hit me uh, Matt Brown, who I um, I believe you know is it he publisher of Extra Points, does fantastic yeah, yeah. work. He he, I'm sure you saw his published piece today I that did. he basically just foiled the hell out of EA and all these companies to get like the actual details on when college football video game might come out, and it looks very much like July 2023 is happening, which I'm is so uh, excited. exciting. Now, who? First off, I'm going to learn a lot about you here, but like. <laughs> Where are you starting? Are you launching an LSU save? Are you? Oh my god! Yes, of course. See, okay, because I actually am very different this way. I am of all about you like are. I, I, dude. This is literally the reason I love college football is like program building. That's like the thing I love about it. So I am absolutely the guy who starts as an OC or DC at like Rice, and then just like tries god, to get a, you're you know so, slightly. You're so boring. Wait, that's not boring. That's most people. I think most like college football nerds like that is the part of the video game they love. I want to be very. I do not think I'm alone on that. Like I don't think the you're building alone like on that. the most fun part of college football is of these video games of everyone I know is like building Wyoming into a top ten power. That is so fun. See, that's that is that is second for me. First off, I want to see I want to see my boys in purple and gold win a national title, and I want to be behind the sticks for it. 
I'll I'll do it in one season maybe. Absolutely, and, I'm not criticizing. And then, and then I'll, I'll I'll go back and do what you're doing. I'll do it with some fictional Louisiana school, or I'll I'll do it with with whoever. Um, I just I'm going for the LSU first. Of course, I haven't. I you know, Madden has teased this. I literally got Madden a couple years ago because of that story mode where <laughs> then oh, you could yeah. you could yeah. only play in two playoff <laughs> games, but it was still fun. And oh no, it, that, that was like well done. Yeah, it was. I well mean, done. I do have like. And by the way, I wasn't criticizing you for choosing LSU. You just came at me for saying I, I think I am not alone in the like it's more fun to rise up the coaching carousel thing. That's no, a- but you so so you're not gonna like go like play just like one season of a save with Indiana. I don't think first. I'll do an IU one first. I, I think I'd love to get the IU job eventually or something like that if I like rose up the ranks. But I do have this in this part I know I'm weird. Like I am very cognizant of I am the weirdo here. I have this really screwed up problem with all video games I play, and I play, you know, a decent chunk of video games. I have a hard time playing with the team I already know. But I think there's something deeper there that's not even about the team I know. It's like I have a hard time playing with like even if I'm, say, the Panthers, I get bored at the idea of, like, playing with Christian McCaffrey because he's just, like, this known superstar. And it's, like, the fun of video games for me, and again, I'm a weirdo, is, like, drafting the next guy and developing him into a star. It's, like, I weirdly get bored. You're making this sound like a job. Oh, it is a job. You're clocking in shifts. (laughs) It absolutely is a job. No, but it's really weird. So I've like never, I play, you know, I have Madden every year. I have never done like a full throttle Bengal save because I'm just like, one, yeah, that's that's a team I already know better than anything. I want to like build something else. Like I want to like learn something new. Yeah, it's, uh, or like. I need you to appreciate what you have, Brody. I do appreciate it. I, I watch them every week and I love what you have. I watch them every week. I love them more than anything. And that's like my time with them there. And then in a video game, I'm like, you know, I literally just started one not that long ago where I'm like, I'm going to rebuild the Jets. I'm going to try to see if I can figure out the Jets. And I find 30, that 32 families, Miller. You got you got <laughs> another family in the town over. Dude, you know what I do in like 2K's, NBA 2K is one of my favorites of all time. And my favorite thing in 2K isn't even the, like, bad team where you just, like, get the first pick. Because that's almost easy, right? My favorite thing is to be, like, what's a good example? You take over, like, the mid, like, the 2010 era Hawks. You know what I mean? Like, those yeah. kind of teams that are just living in the middle. And I tried to Never getting like, a free agent. Never, yeah, or the Charlotte yeah. Hornets. Oh, man, before LaMelo. That's a great example of, like, and I try to operate like them. You know, like, I don't, like, I'm not going to just go tear it up like I'm Sam Hinkie. I'm like, I try to think like them and see like, can I make this middle team a title winner? That is the shit I live for. Absolutely. Birdie puts down the sticks after a long day of playing and says, wow, lost the first round in six. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> What's so sad is you're not, that joke isn't that far off. I know. Yeah. I know it's not. I know. Oh man, not, I once um, did a te- football manager. It's the soccer save in the premier, like the you know this you know like world soccer. It's one of the best video games ever made. Honestly, it's the depth is just insane. And I once did like eleven years of Southampton, and like the joy I got finishing sixth place in Premier League, like with Southampton that doesn't make it that high. It was just like I was texting people about it. Like ah, oh, I earned that man. I put miles in. I built that club up. Yeah. So it's a sad God. life. Yeah, yeah. It really says is, a lot about me, man. Mediocre. It's okay. Miller. It's just it's just part of getting old and appreciating those kind of things. Um, I was like that at eleven. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of weird. Um, 
But okay, that that's great. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do an LSU. Such a sad first. note to end the pot on. I'm so sorry. No, but the, no, but the thing is, is like we accidentally. I, ma- I made a last five minutes club. It's never happened. That that is true. You did it organically. Um, here's here's the thing that I I, I want to do in the new game is that I want to play with LSU so much to where I had developed like new strategies around Ooh. LSU with the same personnel, like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is so long ago. It wasn't the last game. It was in 2014, obviously. But I used to uh, switch Trinan Holiday to running back at LSU and literally just run halfback toss, halfback counter, halfback all this stuff. And he was so fast that if he got the corner, like if he got the corner, he just goes. And then the defense gets all down. And then all of a sudden, I'm running one play action and, and hitting a touchdown pass to whoever. So. That's the stuff I want to do. I mean, I will give you uh, some some leeway where like, who, okay, who was your team? Like when when you got on the sticks with your friends or the online in or in football. real life, college mm. football in an NCAA game. Oh, who was man. who was the team? Yeah, I totally had one. Um, I mean, obviously years are gonna change. Like, I think the most famous answer ever is like the Steve Slate and Pat White West Virginia, right? I don't think yeah. that was mine, but I'm gonna like. Well, who was yours? Mine was uh, obviously pre Deshaun Clemson when they had CJ Spiller and James Davis oh. in the backfield, and then they had a really good receiving core too. Um, and yeah, the offense was insane. And they, you know, and then of course you have to switch the depth chart to where both those guys are returning kicks. Um, you know, you're, you're not really worried about mileage on those guys in a video game. No, so there was no real stamina back then. Yeah, like that there, feature who, who was cares? not. So uh, that that's what that's what I want to do. I mean, you know, if I have a lot of time to kill, maybe I'll I'll you know take. Um, ooh, what what will be okay? Here's a great last five minutes club too, and then we should really wrap up. No, we should. Uh, in the current state of college football right now, if you go for your small school build up, a school that exists and is an FBS right now, we you can't you can't push an FCS team at the moment. Who who are you going for? Wait, 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 okay. Like you, if you, I could, like you said, you, in you said Wyoming. Yeah, yes. But like next year, legitimately, who are you picking? Yes. So, oh, I think the most. Well, again, yeah. Like I think I love the idea of. Hmm. You 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 love the idea of a bad team, like a program but, that is not a good G five program. I'm intrigued. I think I want to do this now that it's like, especially as somebody who's like lives in this world and actually knows it more than like the last time a game came out. I love the idea of like a bottom P five. Yeah. Oh, you know, where okay. it's like, like Vanderbilt? Not, this, this comp doesn't work anymore, but like Kentucky football would have been exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, so I said Vanderbilt. Day. No, cause that's too, that's like, it's impossible. Just, that is it's just silly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Give me a second here. Like even wakes good now. Shit. Uh, yeah, you can't do that. Like Boston college. I mean, they're not terrible. I don't think right? I like ACC, but, uh, or what about a Pac-12 ooh, team? That's not the worst. That, like Rutgers would be fun. Oh, uh, little, Ruck, little Jersey, good. Just Rutgers like, would be good. after the game. You know, I like to also build a little backstory in my head for my own life. Like, all right, boys, we're getting hoagies after the game and some water ice. <laughs> uh, I think that would be nice. Um, that's a good. Ooh, Maryland. I think that's my answer. Maryland football might be my answer. Okay, all right. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying know. to think of a good uh, Pac-12 team. I mean, I feel like Oregon State. Honestly, I want to build Tulane. I think it'd be fun to build Tulane. I, I I think that would be fun too. 
that that might be where I go since it is in our backyard. Yeah, um, I think that's a good call. Until UNO makes a football team and Birdie and I become boosters. Um, yeah, honestly, like the amount of money I've been saving for the last 10 years for that day, just kind of waiting is irresponsible. <laughs> but, you know, I hope somebody at UNO is listening and brings us to. Uh, yeah, for, this, for those of you who don't know, Chris and I have a goal of being becoming big UNO boosters and just like becoming the buddy Garrity of UNO athletics. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if anybody at UNO is listening, uh, hit us up. We'd like to be involved on the ground level. Um, yeah, because that's our big flaw is we want you to get us like we want to be courted a little. <laughs> Like we have, we're we ready. We're, yeah, we're begging you to court us. It's a flawed strategy. Um, all right. Uh, this has been great. Uh, for the last five minutes, blast, man. I'm okay. Sorry. For, for the, for the last five minutes club. Um, actually let me do this, uh, live. Let me make sure there's a video game emoji because it burned me last time with the lunchbox. I just I fired off the hilt assuming that it was going to be, um, you know, I mean, do we do a game, a video game controller? I'm pretty sure that exists. Yeah, video game. There's a video game emoji. Yeah. It just says video game. Uh, send us your best um, college football team to start a dynasty with on the new NCAA football. And also, send me your best tips for uh, getting good sleep with a, with a baby. <laughs> I will need them. One fake, one very real. Right. Yeah, yep, yep. I think that's perfect. Uh, Birdie, uh, I mean, I know we'll, we'll talk all the time offline, but uh, it's going to be a little same. bit until our next podcast, so don't don't get too comfortable without me. I'll try not to, man. I'm going to miss you. All right. Good luck, my friend. Godspeed. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.